Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today we're asking, why can't I get over my ex? everybody. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, as a reminder, please remember to subscribe on Spotify or Apple if you're interested in fun extra episodes. It's only $1.99 a month, super cheap. And you get at least two extra episodes a month. You get a 10% discount in our Thirsty Shop, which is at thirstythepodcast.com. You can get sweatshirts, hats, mugs, stickers, a digital toolkit to help you goal set through 2023, all kinds of good stuff. And as always, please remember to share this with anyone who might enjoy um, all of our content and rate, review, follow. Um, We read every review. We love to hear what you're thinking. We love ideas and stories. So please share with us and let us know what you're thinking. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're so happy to be talking with all of y'all this week. Uh, Laura and I have something funny we're about to go do. I don't know how this happened. I really don't. I don't remember the circumstances, but I think Laura, this was your idea. Laura, Mm -hmm. Laura convinced me. We were talking over, uh, Facebook messenger, if I remember correctly. And you're like, you know what I think would be funny. We should go run a half marathon at Disney. Right. It's great. It's a great idea. What could go wrong? Nothing. Yeah. We're not taking kids. This is me and Laura going as two grown women. And we're going to go to Disney. We leave this week. We're going to be there for like four days, I think. But we're going to run the half marathon. We actually are going to the parks. We're going to take lots of ridiculous pictures. I think it's going to be hilarious. I will say that anybody who I've told about this who didn't already know, their first question is like, oh, you're taking the kids? I'm like, (laughs) no, (laughs) I'm not. No. And my second thing is always like, I don't know how Laura convinced me because like, I will be the first to say I am not a Disney person. Like there are people I've met in my life. They're going to remain nameless, but we all, we all know them. We all have them in our lives. Maybe some of you all are, are those people that have like Minnie Mouse purses and Mickey t-shirts and like jewelry based on Disney characters and have animation cells and their house is covered in Disney stuff. And they do Disney vacation club and Wow, that's just like not me at all. So I don't know how this happened, but I'm really looking forward to it because I think it is just so hilarious that we're going on a girl well, in, trip to Disney. In all, in all fairness, I was like, oh, I think always in the back of my head, I was like, if I ever wanted to do like a longer distance race, which I never really wanted ever to do, but I was like, if I ever wanted to, I'm like, a Disney race would be so fun because it would be fun to run through the parks. And because you run, you were running right through Magic Kingdom or running through the castle, which I do think is super cool. And um, I was always like, oh, that would be such a great experience. Disney always orchestrates things so orderly, so well. I'm like, it'll be such a great experience for my first distance race. So that was the plan. And I think, Heather, you, for whatever reason, jumped on board to that. I don't think I like hardcore, like, you know, had to push you into doing this, to be clear. No, you didn't have to threaten me. I mean, in general, whatever Laura tells me to do, I just say, okay, that sounds fine. And I just say, okay, and I go along with it. But I do think this is kind of a funny example because conversely, you never saw yourself doing these long races and somehow, somehow now you do. Like, I remember there was one time, I think it was even Shamrock Shuffle or or something. There was Mm -hmm. something that happened. You're like, "Eh, okay, that's pretty short. And then just like, somehow you got talked into doing a 10 miler. And then a half mile or a half marathon that ended up not having been measured correctly. And it was just short, which really sucks. That sucks for everyone. And just somehow you ended up doing these longer and longer races. And then you also talked me into going to Disney for this, which is not something I would have ever done. And so I just think that's funny that somehow we have talked each other into doing these things that we haven't done before. And it'll be really fun. Well, and also this was supposed to be my first half marathon was this Disney race. And I did the one in September. So I like completely screwed all of that up. This was supposed to be like the first one and all of those things. And no, I've already done one, but I've never done one in a magical land. So it'll be great. Um, But yeah, no, I never had any plans for any distance 
running at all. And all of a sudden this year I'm doing it and it's been, or this last year, I guess, cause we were now in 2023. So in 2022 was my year of signing up for these races, which is totally bonkers, but also really fun. So no, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I, well, the thing just to set some context, so it makes sense what I said before. So my favorite half marathon in Chicago is called the Hawka half. It's that Hawka half marathon happens in, sept- in September. It's probably one of the most popular half marathons in the Chicago area for runners. It's this beautiful course. I've done it now three times. And this year I was devastated because I thought I PR'd and I actually would have PR'd regardless yeah, by would've. like, and you know, regardless, but we got off the course and Laura actually ran it. I, we, I think you were only a few minutes ahead of me, but we both ran that race. We ran by ourselves, but it's the same thing. We got off the course and I remember you just made me so sad. You're like, Heather, the course was measured wrong. It was not a full <laughs> half. It was like 12 mile, like 12.64 or something like that. And it was like, are you kidding me? It's terrible. Like that's like the worst possible news you can get. I know. And it was so hard because you're, that's like such a solitary thing. And so you can't ask anybody even all of a sudden, like after I think it was mile nine and it's like, Oh, my watch isn't matching anything. My app on my phone isn't matching anything. Where am I on the course? What's happening? And that definitely, like, I was happy with my time overall, but my time would have been even better had I known how many miles were like, when's the next mile marker? I have no clue because nothing's matching up. It was so frustrating. Yeah. Well, and two, anyone who has trained for the, like starting at half marathon, you really need to train to do that race to prevent injury. You might be okay, but it's like a little bit on the bubble, which is hilarious because I have not trained a lick for this half marathon that we're about to do. I'm just showing up. Yeah, I know. So we're going to see how this goes. Uh, I mean, you know, like, you know, by the minute, you know, where you're supposed to be whenever you've trained, like, you know, that course and you run so well. Like, I remember thinking, how, how am I this far along already? Like, this mm-hmm. is, wow, I'm having the best day ever. And the weather was perfect for a run, it but great. it was confusing. Yeah. And I, I actually, I missed a PR. If the course had been measured correctly, I missed a PR by two minutes, Ugh. which makes me sad. Like it, it was that close that I would have made it. And like, I would have put, cause I always doing the math at the end. And if it had been measured correctly, I actually would have PR. Cause like you said, I would have run differently at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so hard to know what was happening. Cause you're kind of relying on, like, I rely on my watch to know, all right, I'm going to see a mile marker soon. And my watch was half a mile off or whatever. So I'm like, what's happening? I don't know how they can do that to people. So at least we know Disney should, it's going to be bonkers and they're going to be a lot of costumes and they're, it's going to be a really long day, but at least I feel like the course will hopefully be under control. Yeah. Well, and I know we need to get to our actual like subject matter here, but can you please, please just recap what we found? So Laura had this great idea. She was like, you know, as we're getting ready for this Disney race, did you know there are some run Disney Facebook groups? We should join them you know, so we can see what it's all about. And I was like, yeah, you're right. We should. So she and I both joined and then we slowly were like, oh my God, what have we done? Can you just talk a little bit about what we found there? All kinds of things, a wide variety of costumes. Like I don't, I, I don't like this week I saw a post from a woman who, I mean, it's beautiful. She built the house from up out of cardboard and it looks great. It's such a nice replica, but she's going to wear it and she's going to run either a 5k or a 10k. And this was one of the shorter races that are happening this next weekend, but she's going to put it on her body and she's going to run a race in it in cardboard in a cardboard house. And I'm like, <laughs> there are people that run in ball gowns, y'all. Yep. Full on ball gowns. And then also in these groups, there are a lot of people that talk about how they're just going to show up and they haven't trained at all, which uh-huh. I know that's funny considering what I just said. But I did just run a marathon a couple months ago. I'm not like not trained. I just haven't trained specifically for this exact. Yeah. Like I'm still working out every single day, one to two times yeah. a day. I'm just not running because it's Chicago and it's not running weather and I don't own a treadmill, but like. I'm still like in good workout shape. So I think I'll be okay. There are people who I think don't at all, who are just going to hope that they can get it done, which is a lot. Yeah. Though I, I All I have to say is those run Disney groups are a special little place. There's a lot of people talking about costumes and not a lot about running. And character stops. I mean, I think the other thing that is so interesting, particularly with these Disney races that we have learned because yes, it's less about the training. I mean, people are training and they talk about different training tips, things like that, that conversations are happening, but there's a lot about like 
the logistics around what you can get done over during the course, because there are characters there are Disney characters along the course that you can take pictures with. So there's a lot of strategy around how many characters can you stop for? Which one should you stop for? Where will the characters be? How can you stop for the characters and wait in line? And I just saw in a thread tonight, there could be 30 or 40 people in line to take a picture with a character. So you're stopping however many times to get pictures with your favorite characters. And I think with the marathon, because the marathon is so long that the parks do open um, over the course of people running, whereas for the half, it gets done before the parks open. So there are people who will try and ride a roller coaster and then hop back out and continue their marathon. Interesting. All I'm saying is that if we don't stop for any characters, we could place very well in this Just saying, we can win for anything. (laughs) It's going to be Laura and I competing to win our age group. It'll be between (laughs) me or Laura. Say, other than wanting, uh, you know, maybe a picture or something as I go through the castle, but maybe not because I'm also not going to want to pull my phone out. But like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I could do that. Beyond that, I no, I'm not, I'm stopping for nothing. I am not going to the bathroom. I am going to run as I get my power aid. Like we are not, I'm not stopping because I want an actual legitimate good time, especially after okay. that last race, not being a full course and being really confusing at the end. Like I want to know how well I can do. Yeah. I'm not stopping. If Mickey is there, I am waving and I'm just running. Well, we're going to say, I think what we need to do, we need to do like a recap of what happens and put it on thirst trap. I think there should be, I just know it's going to be ridiculous. And the last (laughs) thing I'll say, so Laura won't run with me. She's like, no, I'm running alone. I cannot run with you, Heather. So she's going to do her race all by herself and get that done. So she'll run with the people in the ball gowns, but she won't run with me in the normal race clothing. (laughs) We just have a different pacing schedules and they don't match I'm sorry I've never not not run with you we were in different corrals for the last race so it wasn't possible well I mean I guess overall time is pretty close our over our overall time is pretty close is that we're our strategies are different Laura runs straight through and I do run walk which coincidentally results in almost the same time but I run walk for the record oh so you just don't want to run with me I do eight minute runs one minute walks oh okay I'm two one different two minute sprint one minute walk I can't do that that's not enough running it's different strategies we'll just see which one of us makes it to Mickey I know one of us will be first in our age group one of us will be second that's how it's gonna go see you on the podium Okay, well, we should probably start talking about like actual stuff here, mm-hmm. not Mickey and Minnie and all that. But um, all right, so I think we've all been there. You know, talk, we're, today we're talking about why can't I get over my ex? Why can't I get over that person I dated and I just keep thinking about them or my heart's still back there? Why am I? Ha- and sometimes they weren't even very nice to you and like the relationship wasn't good. You don't even want the relationship back, but your heart is just stuck back there. Everyone's been there. You know, maybe it was someone you were in a deep, like long-term, meaningful relationship, or maybe it was a whirlwind, a whirlwind romance. Maybe it was a situationship. There's all kinds of different scenarios where it might have happened. Um, but I think we all understand what that is. And it, it, I know for me, like there have been a few people that I've met that definitely my heart's been stuck back there. And I, the two that I can think of specifically are one, a situation, a situationship, and he was not very nice to me, and I just felt like duped and like. He was not kind to me and I didn't understand what was going on. So that's one that I think is hard to get over, but it's more about how you feel about how you were treated. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the whirlwind romance, which is so hard to get over. Yeah. Like Sean, the smoke show. That was only, I think like eight weeks, six, eight weeks or something, but it took me a long time to get over it because it was so like, it was so full of potential. You know? Yeah, and are are we talking about getting stuck and you're really just like in a holding pattern and just having a hard time kind of moving forward with your life? Or were you talking about, oh, what could have been and kind of like that, you know, like someone that you still like think about and think about what could have been and you're kind of hung up on that idea, but like you've moved on with your life. Like what, because I think there are a lot of different levels of like, what does it mean to get over somebody? I think it's when you're stuck. Yeah. It's like that was someone that you thought was it for you or was a big love for you and it didn't work out and you just are like having a hard time letting it go. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Now I did some research, both Laura and I are researchers. We like to study, we're students. We like to look Mm -hmm. into things. So I looked into this a little bit and there are some things I found, you know, as I was looking around the internet first on this. I mean, to be clear, we're students of Google, like let's just. Well, I mean, we are students of Google, but also Laura and I do actually do actual research for a living, (laughs) like actual research. This is reading other people's stuff, you know, which is different, but Laura and I do have a brain for it. So there's a few reasons we get stuck back there. And some of these are pretty common. Like you're still connected on social media, which a lot of us do that. You know, in my point of view is if you're having trouble getting past a relationship, you really do need to disconnect. And it's so hard. It's like, wow, that's like the final cord because it's such a passive, easy way to stay connected to their life that feels safe. And it becomes such a lifeline. Like it's just, you know, you know, did they, did they look at my story? You know, if it's a situation where you're stuck in that way where you want to know, are they seeing what my life is like right now? Like, I feel like it's really easy. I think maybe we've all been guilty of this, of creating content specifically for that X to see it because you want them to know that you are living your best life and you're amazing and you want it. But then it's like, it's such a gross place to be in because like you shouldn't be creating content just to see if that person is going to look at it. And also it's so one-sided then you never even know, like, do they think I'm awesome and great? Or they like there, it's just like this weird, just putting it out into the void in a way where you're never going to get anything back from that. Yeah. I mean, social media is such a shadow. I feel like it's such a shadow because it goes back both ways. One, it could be a situation where you're creating content, you're posting those thirst traps posting those things, hoping that they will see it and feel regretful. I mean, I've done it. I remember Mm -hmm. for a while I stayed on Tinder longer than I was going to when I was dating someone purely because an ex of mine I knew was on Tinder and I knew he'd see my profile and I looked really good. (laughs) And that was the only, I wasn't even swiping. I just would log in purely. So my profile would see stay active and I knew he would see it. (laughs) See, I'm the opposite. I don't want my exes to see me on Tinder because I don't want them to think that I'm out there still dating. I want them to think that I am in an amazing relationship and I do not need to be on dating apps. And I'm like, oh gosh, is so-and-so going to see that I'm like still dating again? Like different. (laughs) No, I can see. I can see both sides of that. And the other thing is whenever social media is just so dangerous and this has definitely happened to me. I don't think this happens. You've said that this doesn't happen to you as much, maybe because we date different kinds of men. I don't know. And we're a little different this way. They will like my posts. They will interact Mm -hmm. with my stuff in the most passive, low effort ways. And if we parted ways on bad terms, I'll be like, why aren't you sending me a text? Like, why are you doing that? Like, it just like, it's not helpful. It's not healthy. And it could not be lazier in my opinion. Yeah. I've never had that. I don't, I don't stay connected with that many people. So it's usually not a thing. I think that's more of it. I think you connect with more people on social platforms that you've dated than I have. So I don't get the kind of weird boomerang interactions. I mean, my worst case is there's someone I broke up with for good like a year ago and about once a month for a while he would because I defriended him but he would like show up on my LinkedIn every now and then mm-hmm. and a couple weeks ago he showed up because I, I I know when people come to my websites I have a few websites he and I know because I I have I know it was him he came to all of my websites and spent an hour and a half on them I haven't spoken to him in almost a year mm-hmm. and we had parted on bad terms he has my phone number and if you're listening and you know who you are, I know what you're doing. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't block him where I would, but we are not connected on social media anymore. All right. Another reason we get stuck. You're lonely and bored. Like you don't, and it's hard. Like whenever you have a relationship or you've been dating someone that you're really excited about and it ends perhaps suddenly mm-hmm. and you're just thrust out there into maybe nothing or you're going on, it's happened to all of us. Like you'll have a breakup and then you just have like a few months of really bad dates or you're not meeting anyone you're excited about. It's easy to look back on what you just had with nostalgia, even if it wasn't that great and you start romanticizing them. Yeah. And also it's, you know, it's a sign that you're not filling your time with all of the other things that you need to be doing for yourself. So that person is pushed further out of your mind. If you don't have a lot going on, then you have a lot of time for your mind to just sit and think about that person. 
Yeah. I mean, I will say something that really helped you and I is you and I have always been very personally active. We've both always had hobbies, always focused on health, focused on things we were interested in learning. And I think that really helps when you're going through a breakup because sometimes you go through a breakup and it's like, oh, great. What am I going to do with my time now? Because And perhaps you were spending too much time with that person and mm-hmm. not enough time with yourself. Another thing that gets us stuck you need attention and validation. We love that phrase here. Mm-hmm. You need attention and validation. And you're used to getting it from a relationship. You're used to getting that attention from someone who's taking you on dates, telling you you're beautiful, doing nice things for you. And that's suddenly removed. And no one's doing that for you anymore. Yeah. And that's just, it's a bad, that's when I feel like you just shouldn't even go on dating apps if that's the space you're in, because you're going to get that, right? It's not going to be what you truly want, but you're going to get that attention piece and the compliments and all all of that nonsense. And then you're going to get sucked in by anybody who gives you enough attention. And it it's just going to lead you down a path of not great things and also keeps you from all of like the growth that you probably need to be doing after a breakup because you're just going to hop back into some other like nonsense situation. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's whenever, and for anyone that's really in that space of needing attention and validation, that's your primary focus, whether you're aware of it or not, you're only ever going to get to a superficial level in a relationship because that's your main priority is getting that hit of dopamine. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with that because if you don't heal that in some way, you're just going to run through dates like a garbage disposal and you could very easily meet someone who's really great that in, uh, in another world, maybe you would be in love with them, you know, or it becomes something a little bit more meaningful, but you are looking for something that's not real, whether you're aware of it or not. It's just not, it's not very healthy. I don't think. I think you're just so quickly trying to replace that person you were just with. Like have somebody else slide in with the, again, we talk about this, but like the good morning texts and all of those things that are very like comfortable and safe in a relationship that you're used to that are kind of part of your day and your routine. And you're used to, you know, hearing and whatever and getting taken out and planning things and getting dressed up for somebody, all of those things that come with dating. And then you just want to like put someone in that place and it just, ugh, it's bad. Yeah. Laura and I started talking the other day about the dark days. The dark days. Needing attention and validation is from the dark days. It is a big dark days, um, bad habit. Yeah, that's for sure. That's the term we use for maybe after you just went through a huge breakup or after a divorce and you're just not in your right mind. Mm -mm. So it's the dark days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing that I think can, can also really throw us into getting stuck is you were surprised by the breakup. You didn't see it coming. And you need some time to process and you just have, and in order to process, you need to let them go in order to start moving forward. And I think it's so hard. It's so hard. And and in that case, I think you do need to take a little bit of time to heal. I'm one of those people, Laura, you're the same way. If I have a breakup, I'm on the app same day. Like I get mm-hmm. right back yep. out there. Whether that's healthy or not, I can't say. Um, but maybe there are other things that you can get into hobbies, stay busy, meet new dates, but move slowly. Don't just jump into another relationship. If you're going to go on dates, take it slow. Don't just jump into being exclusive with someone right away, coming right off a relationship. Just take a little beat to adjust your heart and really process what just happened. Yeah. I mean, I think being surprised by it is the hands down hardest breakup to go through because when you're on the other side of it, or if it's mutual or whatever, like you've had your ability to process things, um, you know, before either before the breakup happens, because you're the one doing the breaking up or whatever. And so you've kind of already been able to see your life and things outside of that relationship. But if it's just sprung on you, then it's like, you have to take all that time and be like, all right, we were going to take a trip or we have tickets for this, or we're doing this, or I thought he was going to meet my parents or where whatever was going to kind of happen in the future. And you have to like untangle all of those things and just kind of re- reset a lot of things. And that's really hard to do. Well, and something that, you know, Laura and I are in a few uh, Facebook dating groups where we talk about this sometimes. I, I feel like you've, you've probably seen this too, but let me know. Where we see posts where women, um, they will, it's like they're mad. They're like, he said that he wants to have a relationship with me or he sees a whole future with me. And then he broke up with me this week. Mm-hmm. And I have a little bit of trouble with that because people may say that and they may mean it at the time they say it, but things do change. Things are not promised no matter what people say. And th- they're almost angry that they 
change their mind. And while I understand them feeling that way, and I think everyone needs to be careful to only say things you really mean, that's important. I think also you can't get mad at someone for being done and walking away. Like that's a gift. The last thing I would want is someone being with me when they don't want to be. Yes, really. I feel like they have to be. Yep. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, how like Illinois is an at-will state as far as like employees. I mean, dating is the same way. Like everybody has the choice and the right. And yes, you want someone to treat you with respect and kindness and all of those things when breakups happen. But like, it's, it's somebody's choice whether or not they want to be in a relationship with you and they, they are free to make whatever choice is the right one for them. And often they may not be sharing everything that's going on with them. So you don't know the full story until they come to terms and they end it. And that's hard, but we've all been on the other side of it. Like, you know, when you're probably barreling toward breaking up with somebody and there's a lot of things that you're thinking about that you're absolutely not sharing with that person as you're trying to figure it out. And you're starting to pull away in your own ways to kind of prepare for it. And it's absolutely going to get sprung on it. Like that's just part of a casualty of dating, unfortunately. Yeah. And everybody does it. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's, and I'm not going to say it's wrong to get upset, but I don't think you can like, I mean, what are they supposed to do? Stay, even though they don't want to, like, that's not reasonable. Yeah. It's like you get to, you get to feel your feelings and they get to choose whether or not they want to be in the relationship. (laughs) Like those are everybody's rights. Like you are allowed to be upset by it, but they're also allowed to leave. Yeah. Another thing I people now, this is something I think is a little bit specific to personality types. There are people and in the past, this has been me, people that are often finding themselves or I'm going to use a a more strong term choosing to stay in toxic relationships, I think have a hard time with this Mm -hmm. because those usually end up ball of flames. And they really struggle when that is not in their life anymore because that hit of passion, that hit of dopamine, the up and down and the passion is suddenly gone and you're not getting that anymore. I used to liken it to cutting. You know, for anyone who's been through a traumatic childhood, a lot of times there is a big impact in terms of they have trouble feeling their feelings. And so they find themselves, and I include myself in this, in toxic relationships because the pendulum swings are so heavy and extreme that it forces you to feel things. Those all night fights, the, the, the whole thing makes you have feelings and it's like cutting. It's like emotional cutting. And so it's really unhealthy. Whenever there's a breakup and that relationship is removed from your life, it really is for the best but you really struggle to let it go because you're like, wow, we had such passion, such chemistry. And you forget about the part where you're crying and felt terrible, you know, 85% of the time, but that it is hard to let that go and to get over it. Yeah. And in those relationships, I feel like you're so focused outside of being with that person on all of the drama that's happening. What you're talking about, you know, with your friends is that person, he said this and they did that and this is happening and how could they? And you're like, so hyper-focused on that person 24-7 because there's always something happening. And like that just fuels all of that. And then like, yeah, I guess after the breakup, you can like dish with your friends over like what happened, but you don't have like the continual feed of new things happening. So kind of, I would assume just kind of dies out at a certain point. Yeah. I mean, in that case, you kind of have to look at yourself and ask yourself, do I miss the drama or Mm -hmm. the person? Yeah. You probably miss the drama. Be honest. And then if it is the person, why do you want to be with someone that makes you cry all the time that you're fighting with all the time? Valid. So quick question. Yep. (laughs) All right. The other thing that we can tend to do is that after a breakup, after they've become an ex, we'll romanticize the situation or we'll distort reality and forget what it really was, which I think everyone's guilty of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, even myself, like some of the people that I like look back on, like, I make it, you know, when I really think critically about it, we weren't compatible or this wasn't working, but it's really hard to let that part go and like see it in reality and for what it was. It's just hard. Your heart hangs on. Yeah. I mean, I just went through that not too long ago with Tyler when we, you know, took 
that break. And um, I was wondering when I saw him again, had I just like built him up in my mind of all of these great things and maybe I would see him again and realize like, oh, I don't like his mannerisms or I don't like this or I don't actually feel great about around him. Because during that time, the couple of months where we weren't talking, of course, I'm just focused on all of these great things about him. And like, you don't, if, if you never, especially if you never see that person again after that breakup and you're so focused on what that relationship was and thinking about it, you're only going to focus on the really great things and you'll never know to a certain degree if that was true if you don't come back together. So in my case, fortunately, everything rang true and it was great. Um, <laughs> but no, it's definitely easy to just like, because what do you want to focus on the bad or the good? Of course, you want to focus on the good. Well, and you're hitting on something interesting here. So both Laura and I, you know, the person I've been dating, we've been dating for almost a year now. And we actually had a breakup too. I initiated Mm -hmm. that breakup. You've been through a breakup with Tyler. And then we, both of us found our way back. I I was off, I think, with my boyfriend for about six weeks, four to six weeks, maybe in a break. Mm -hmm. You just bring something up about that. Like you can't get over your ex and then you get back together. Yeah. Like, how do you know when it's, when it's that situation versus let it go, walk away. Don't try to like go back in time. Like, how do you know the difference? Yeah. I mean, I think that's really tough. I think in my case, we had some pretty clear open conversations about what was happening and kind of what we wanted to do, because again, we were broken up at talking and it didn't make sense. And so I actually, because he and I both were like, we want to figure out how to make this work, but we don't know how to make this work. I threw out three different scenarios to this kind of breakup phase. And it was either we um, see each other right away because we're long distance. So it would have been like, let's see each other as soon as we can and have a lot of these conversations in person and dig into therapy and all of these things and try and figure out how to make it work now. Like, let's just do it. Or let's take this break um, and we each do our own self-work, our own reflection, think about what we want and try and figure things out and then come back together and have a conversation with no promises made that we would get back together, but the promise that we would both do the work and really be heartfelt about it. Or the third option was there's just no pathway here, but we can't talk anymore and we just need to be done and let it go. I felt like that framework was really good to get us out of this like cycle because I think it is really easy to still kind of like keep talking after a breakup if you're both are like trying to boomerang back but you don't know if you should and being able to again put some parameters of like we need to make choices and we can't live in this like weird space but I think both people have to be really really open to doing the work if you're going to try and get back together. And I was very clear. I'm like, this can't be lip service. Like you have to actually dig deep and do this work. And I don't want to like hang out and come back together and talk to you again, thinking that you were really like contemplating this and to find out you you didn't take it seriously. I'm like, I'm not doing this unless we're both on the same page. So. Well, something I think that was a little interesting about your situation and let me know if I'm interpreting this wrong it felt like both of you actually did let each other go in terms of a relationship. Cause I remember talking to you while y'all were in your no contact and you said something like, I think we just need to have this conversation, make some decisions. I don't feel like, you know, much as I want to continue, I don't know that it actually is, but we need to have that conversation. And it really felt like to me that you actually were not expecting to keep dating. There was, I didn't hear in your voice, maybe like at that time it felt very like we just need to like end it this needs to be done because it's it's a lot and it sounded like from what he you know he had sent you a few messages he had felt the same thing and then I remember a few weeks later after y'all had ended no contact had some conversations we Kristen and I asked you about it our third friend from OG group chat and you're like well he's flying here soon (laughs) yeah I mean I didn't think we were gonna end up trying to date again, because I really, you know, there's just a lot of logistics around the breakup, not feelings issues. And I was like, I don't know that we can figure out an answer here. And so I was just kind of keeping my expectations very tempered and like not expecting much. And quite honestly, we had our like regroup phone call and he was just like, I just don't think that we can do this. 
And so we ended that call. It was like a second breakup. We were both like distraught, but we were still talking. And then finally I'm like, called him. I'm like, well, you just need to come here. <laughs> so, and then he came here and it was still by the end of the weekend where we finally were like, so what are we doing? It was very, yeah. it wasn't a straight path for sure. Um, but I think it was very clear that like one person can't make that work. Like both people need to be communicating openly and honestly and on the same page and doing the same amount of work to try and figure it out. If you think it's worth doing, if you think it's worth dating somebody again, then you both need to be really open about what that means and having a lot of honesty. Yeah. I just wonder if there's something to the idea of actually letting that person go and not pulling them. Cause I don't feel like either of you were like, pulling each other back. It was, this is how I feel. I'm not trying to make you do anything that you're not on board for either. So Correct. I yeah. I mean, that's what made it like work in a health. We were way. very supportive in for both of us of like you figure. And again, I was very, I'm like, you, you're not required to date me. Like, I'm not going to like force your hand into something like we both have to want this. Um, but we also hadn't dated long enough for anybody to have like you know, there were no hard feelings or there was no like, Ooh, when he did this and that really hurt my feelings, or he always does this and this bothers me. I think if people want to try and get back together with an ex, you need to do some soul searching about the, the, what was going on in your relationship that wasn't great. And are those things that you can work on together and overcome? Are those things that will never change? And you have to decide, am I okay with these things? This is how this person is. And they're probably not always going to be like that. Can I live with that? Or is that a going to just be a deal breaker round two? Like, I think you need to understand, like, what does it mean if you're getting back together? Because you broke up for a reason. And what was that yeah. reason? Yeah. I mean, you and I have said that a lot. Trust your former self. If there's a breakup, why are you going back there? You need to be real. Care- I, I almost think you need to have double or triple the reason to go back if you're going to keep going. And I also do think that quite honestly, that it helps to have dated in the interim Mm-hmm. Um, I did during that break, go on some dates. I hated every second of it. I hated it so much because I didn't want to be out there dating. But I think that also helps you understand, like, am I tied to this person because they are so meant for me? Or am I tied to what it felt like to be dating somebody? And I think going out on other dates and making other meaningful connections and dating in a real kind, normal way and seeing helps you understand, like, is my pull to that person really so strong? Or was I, you know, as we talked about romanticizing the good things? Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, I know for me, because we were broken up for like, I don't remember exactly how long it was, four to six weeks. Yeah. I think, I think it was maybe about six weeks because we broke up at the end of April and then we got back together like mid-June. And I also went on some dates and I remember the thing and he and I never stopped talking The reason that I broke it off is that I felt a lot of stress and I felt a lot of pressure. And Laura and I have talked about this. I was listening to advice from some of my friends, not you, Laura, but I was listening to them. And my big lesson was don't ask, don't, don't take dating advice from your friends. They don't know they're not in it. (laughs) Like, that's like the worst thing you can do. You're a grown adult. What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And for the record, it wasn't Laura, you know, where they were just saying, I don't know if you're, if there were just a lot of things they were saying, not about the person I was dating because he's great, but just maybe you aren't ready to be committed yet. And so I felt a lot of stress about it. I felt a lot of like, because this is the first time I've been in a committed relationship mm-hmm. since my marriage. It was actually a very big deal for me. I like yeah. having my exit hatch. I love it. I love having an exit hatch, which I think honestly is why I sought out toxic relationships because I knew they would never go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that made me feel good about myself because I was always the angel in those relationships. And also it didn't put me in a position where I was actually going to commit to them because they weren't going to commit to me. So then I didn't have to either. Yeah. But I could still be that good person who didn't have commitment issues, even though I did. I was just hiding better. <laughs> I mean, obviously I've spent a lot of time in therapy figuring all of this out. But I remember in that four to six weeks that we were on a break, he and I still stayed connected. He wasn't trying to get me to go back with him. And I wasn't, there was no push and pull there. And I remember I did go on a few other dates, not a lot, but just a few. And I remember thinking every time I was on a date, I'd be, and nothing big, like coffee or or drinks or whatever. I remember sitting there being like, they're not as good as the guy Mm -hmm. I stupidly broke up with. And I don't like them as well. And they're, I'm not learning. I've always wanted someone that I like, I respected and admired and I was not meeting that person. Yeah. Whereas I do the person that I'm dating. So I think that all of those things are interesting. What can, what can bring you through a breakup, an ex that you can't get over and perhaps finding 
the way back together, which I think should happen infrequently. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I always break up with people twice. So I'm well experienced in this phenomenon. (laughs) It's the only time it was like from a healthy place. All right. Another thing. Now, this is something that like, I think a lot of times we can talk about men who cheat, men who lie, all those things. Like lately, we've just had some experiences where we've been confronted with that quite often. It's just how Mm -hmm. life has gone. Women mess up too. So you may have done something that caused the breakup, whether you cheated, you lied, you did something that like blew up the relationship and you have regret over that and you realize what you did wrong. Now, for me, my first question is, do you just feel guilty about what you did? Because I don't know if you would have acted that way if it was the right situation and they probably didn't deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in these situations, it's even more of a reason to just like let it go and move forward. And you sit with what you, what your choices were and you do the work on yourself so that you don't repeat those choices. But I think it's super selfish to try and pull that person back to try and reach out and give the, you know, profess your, all your feelings and apologize and do this big grand gesture. It's like, no, you, if, if you hurt them in a significant way, let them go. Like they know how to find you. If, if they've come to terms and they want to have a conversation, then let them do that. But I don't think you can orchestrate it the other way. It's really cruel. Yeah. I think you said, hopefully you apologize, you know, unless it was like ball of flames and there's just no outlet to do that. Send an apology and then leave them alone. Yes. All right. Another thing. Now, this is something I have a lot of feelings about and (laughs) nobody agrees with me. And I, it's like, I don't believe in motivation. I don't believe in closure. Some people have, or I would say a lot of people will say things like, I can't get over my ex because I never got closure. Personally, I do not believe in closure, just like I don't believe in motivation. I think you can move on without getting either of those things. I don't think anyone on the planet agrees with me on either of those (laughs) subjects. What do you think, Laura? I mean, we touched on this in the breakups episode that we did earlier this season. Um, You know, I think, I think it is okay if you need to have a post breakup conversation to help you process and to say what you feel like you need to say, as long as you're not being an asshole, like, but just to, you know, it really hurt me when this happened, or I thought this and this, you know, like you can talk through things or whatever. Like, I feel like that isn't a healthy way to process if both of you are agreeable to like doing that. But You also have to remind yourself, like, if this was an unhealthy relationship, if this person was an unhealthy person for you or an unkind person, they're not ever, you're not going to get what you want from that. Like, you have to be prepared that you're not going to get from them what you think you need. They are very unlikely to apologize for ways that they may have hurt you or to be honest about the fact that maybe they have things they need to deal with and that impacted your relationship most of the time you are not going to get that from someone, especially again, if they're not the the healthiest partner. Um, so you just have to be prepared that your, your closure really comes from yourself and finding peace within yourself and doing your work. You're not going to, no one's going to hand that to you. Yeah. I mean, I will say I, to your point and you and I do it differently. Like you talked about meeting them for drinks, doing it in person in my life. I usually haven't wanted to do that because it's too painful. Mm-hmm. you know, if they were open to it, like it's not something I would have wanted to do because it would have been too painful, but I am a fan of sending an email that isn't mean. I don't mm-hmm. mean scorched earth, but saying the things you need to say yeah. in a kind, respectful way that you can feel good about not calling them names or berating them, but just being honest and truthful and vulnerable, saying the things you need to say, putting it in an email and sending it. I've done that a couple times. And honestly, that did help me feel better because I felt like I had an opportunity to say the things I need to say. And you're right. Usually they're not going to respond, but it makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. And I think whatever you need to do to help you process, as long as you're not hurting anyone or doing something unsafe, I don't see any reason not to. Yeah. But I think you send that email and you do not have it in your brain that that person is going to reply and you do not check for those replies. I mean, that's like dicey territory of like, you can't expect anything back. You're doing this just to like, let it go and move on. And like, they are not really part of the equation in that way where like, they're going to give you back what you want to hear. They're not going to write you that beautiful email back more than likely. So like, just be done with it. I will say as far as kind of that 
full closure being done piece. So the my breakup from earlier this year from the spring, where again we like had a breakup conversation and then a few days later we had like a, a bigger phone call conversation and uh, some texts and stuff and kind of just whatever. And then had talked about, you know, seeing each other in person at some point and, you know, maybe three months after the breakup or something, we did see each other for drinks and it was so nice. And it was so nice. I think we sat at that bar for hours, just talking and catching up and sharing things that were going on in our lives. Um, He is not on social media. And so it was a complete, like, no one knows what's going on with the other person at all, but he'd had some big personal things happening right around the breakup. And I had done something, you know, and so it was nice to be like, how, how was that going for you? And what's happening? And are you happy? And or what are, what are these things and whatever? And it was the best. And I was really curious, like how I was going to feel seeing him again. And it just felt really nice. And I think time does that for you as well to like space yourself from those big feelings. And again, it was so nice to see him, but I didn't feel any romantic pull to him in any way, shape or form. Like I knew that I had fully moved on and it was a nice validation that like, as breakups go, it was a healthy one as much as it was going to be. And it was so nice that he and I could come together and catch up and then part ways. And I have never felt the need to contact him after that. I mean, not that we were, we would occasionally send a text or something before that and thinking about what that would look like. Like, would we stay in touch? I'm like, "Mm, maybe once in a blue moon, I would send something if it was relevant to like something maybe he and I had talked about, like maybe at random I would. But when I was going through my holiday card list this year and he was on it because I'd send him one last year and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to send him a holiday card. Like I don't need to like keep him in that poll in that way. Like, I think we kind of, you know, checked everything off this summer when we saw each other and that was fine. It was really great. Well, you're making me think about, we talk about breadcrumbs, like when you're dating someone and uh, they're giving you just the bare minimum Mm -hmm. holiday cards, texts, those social media likes, those are kind of breadcrumbs you're given to yourself of these little tidbits yeah. that you're just trying to hang on to, but it's not healthy. It's not good. It, it's so much better. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Like I had to think about the why, like, why, why would I send him a holiday card? Like, yeah, would it yeah. be nice? Fine. But why? I don't need to do that. Could I text him about this random thing? I guess so. But like, why, why would I do that? I could just tell somebody else. Like, it's not like, you know, he absolutely needed to know this. Like it just, when you sit and think about it, well, what's my motivation for doing this? Am I trying to keep some sort of connection alive? Why? This relationship is over. They are not a part of your life in that way. They can, you know, think fondly of you from afar, but you don't need to continue to talk. Um, and I am in a relationship and I was dating my current boyfriend during the time for that meetup. And I had told him what I, you know, can do whatever I want. I'm respectful and I'm open and honest and all of those things. And I could still keep texting this ex on occasion and be fine about it. There's something wrong there, but also again, it's like, why? Like I'm in a relationship and I'm happy there. And this person was never my friend. He was my boyfriend and it is over. We're not friends. So. Right. No, it's true very true now something else that taylor swift knows a lot about she wrote a whole <laughs> album about this are those lightning strike relationships those people where maybe the first date was like a million hours long mm-hmm. you're like wow i just met the love of my life which always i know for me gave me anxiety because i felt like oh this, that means it's gonna burn out in like yeah four to six weeks four to six weeks is all i'm getting out of this <laughs> and i know it but those lightning strike relationships really burn bright they go out quickly. And I think they're really hard to let go. Yeah. I think they're the hardest to get over for sure. I think it's the potential. Like you meet someone, you're like, oh my God, this is it. Capital IT. This is it. And then it doesn't work out. And I think those are so hard to get over. I think it takes double as long to get over as it does the other things. Well, you find it just so rarely, like that is so hard because, you know, like we've, each gone on a million like dud first dates where there's no connection, there's no spark, there's nothing. And then, and that's why I always think it's so interesting, like how the universe brings certain people into your lives. Like, especially with dating apps, it's also random, like who you match with. If you're both willing to message at the same time, if, if you can connect over message in a way that makes you actually want to meet that person beyond superficial reasons, like 
so when I am faced with someone on a date and in the start of a relationship where all of those things are just firing in, in the right way, it's like, well, how do you walk away from that? Because I know how hard it is for the, all of those connections to come together and make sense. Yeah. It feels like I found one. I got it. And it slips away. Yeah. Hard. Which is where, again, I feel like you just have to remind yourself, like, we connected for a reason. Maybe I don't know what that reason is now, but like, hopefully at some point I'll understand why this person was in my life for just that small, you know, snippet of time. I mean, one of mine was, oh gosh, I can't remember his name on the episode um, where we had like a few lightning strike great dates and he called me cute as a button and he was just so sweet. This is the season one and I don't know what his, oh, what his I know episode what you're was. talking about. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember his name either on I know his real name, but I can't remember his uh there's been name. there's been too many. Um but it was just such like a sweet and great thing and it was kind of hard to let it go. But then it's like in hindsight I'm like, well he you know I can, I can see why he was in my life for that snippet of time. And it was lovely and adorable and sweet and all those good things. And he made me feel good about myself in a time where I wasn't feeling that great. And like it in a really healthy way, that's all I needed him in my life for. And that was great. Like, I feel like you don't have to make it often bigger than what it was meant to be, even though it's hard to move on. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I agree. For me, I think the gift of those relationships, even though I get so much anxiety when it happens, Mm -hmm. because I just know it's going to burn out real quick. Something's going to go terribly wrong. The gift of those is it reminds me why I do this in the first place. It reminds me why I go out there dating. It reminds me why I look after connections, why I follow, follow my feelings, why I get excited to go on a first date, why I get excited to meet new people. It's in pursuit of meeting someone that you fall head over heels for. Mm -hmm. They remind you that it's still possible and that the lights still turn on after a million bad days yep. to have yep. a really good one with a really good It just person. takes that one, right? Like for it to be like, oh, this is amazing and fun. And you know what? And you can't control often how long it's going to last and you just have to be open to it. Yeah. Like I remember Sean, the smoke show is that for me. And I remember we had our like 12 hour first date or whatever. And the next day I remember thinking, oh, I would love to see him again. But I just saw him like eight hours ago. And so I restrained myself. And I remember at that moment, he sent me a text and said, hey, I know I just saw you last night, but I was going to go for a walk. Would you want to meet me with some tea? And I was like, yes, I do. And it made me so happy. It was funny. All right. Last one. I think this is actually the number one reason you're stuck on your ex still. You're still sleeping with them. Well, that's just not, it's not good. And quite honestly, again, I think this was in the dating or in the breakup episode as well, but in um, the wise words of Dua Lipa, you're not getting over him if you're under him. You cannot get over somebody if you are sleeping with them. Yeah, stop it. Stop it right now. I have too many divorced friends that like dated some like piece of garbage And for some reason, they're stuck on that piece of garbage and they're still sleeping with them and wondering why things are not working out in their dating life. (laughs) Like, stop it. You are the problem here. Cut it out. Can't do it. You can find someone else. Like, and I know it's comfortable and it's familiar and you know that things work well together. Like, obviously, like there are a lot of good things there, except for the fact that you're never going to move on. Yeah. Have you ever had a hard time getting over someone? I mean, yes, I think it is hard to let somebody go. I think one of my, you know, one of my big ones where I had a a struggle was like my first big relationship after my divorce and I ended it and I ended it for all the right reasons and I ended it very respectfully, but then I did try and boomerang him back (laughs) and I wrote this beautiful email and of all these reasons why we should get back together. And, um, cause it was comfortable and it was familiar and it was all of those things. Like it was just so hard to move on from what was very comfortable and really nice. Right. But I did such a good job breaking up with him that he was like, no, all of your reasons for why we broke up were correct. He's like, I know it's hard. I'm having a hard time too. All of those things. He's like, but like, I I heard you like, it makes sense for us not to be together, which was the best thing he could have said back to me because I knew we shouldn't, you know, be together, but 
that was, you know, two years of my life where I had spent dating that person. And I thought it was going to be all the things. And I was very invested into, again, I ended it for the reasons I needed to end it for. But then on the other side of that, I'm like, oh, this is really hard. It is hard. It's going to be hard. Like that is just part of it. But um you got to move on. Like you got to let it go. Things do end. I think majority of the time things do end for a reason. Obviously you and I are both in boomerang relationships. So it's not all the time. It's not always permanent, but most of the time it it is and should be. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have a different twist on this. I mean, I have a few people I've struggled to get over. One comes to mind and it wasn't that I, I mean, I missed him, but I knew he was awful for me and he did not treat me right. We both know who that is, but I think it's more that he hurt me and I was upset that I let him hurt me. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it was more about that because I didn't miss the drama or I didn't miss the actual relationship because that was not great. He didn't treat me right. The other guy was Sean, the smoke show. I had a hard time getting over that, but the one I have a twist on is actually Ted, the tennis player. Mm. That breakup was real rough. We had a very healthy relationship. We reached the end. We broke up. There's a whole uh, episode about him. We had this like notebook kiss in his car and both of us were crying. He drove all the way here for us to like <laughs> break up again in person. That. It was brutal. That it was, was brutal. He and I just like stood in my foyer. Everybody was crying. It was awful. Oh, the worst. And we would text, you know, for a few days after and I would say things like, oh, this is so hard. He'd be like, yeah, this really sucks. But we both, we did, we were both certain it was the right thing to do, that we needed to break up. We both needed to move on. And we actually had to go to, um, we actually both said, you know, I think we need to go no contact. I'm not Mm -hmm. mad at you, but like, we're having trouble moving on. And the only way we can move on is if we stop talking. And we, we used to talk all day, every day from the moment we woke up until like, we would stay up to like two or three in the morning, like way past our bedtime talking. So we decided to go no contact and we didn't speak really for like maybe three to four months, Mm -hmm. maybe even longer. It was a long time. And then just gradually we started talking again. And now we speak pretty regularly and we are totally just friends and it's really healthy. And I'm really thankful to have him as a friend and we're both totally over each other. He actually went through some things in his life recently and I've talked to him about it. I go through things in my life. He talks to me about it. I'm really grateful that we made that turn in a really Mm -hmm. healthy way. So that is also possible. Yeah. And I will say too, that was a long distance relationship for you as well. And I do think that those relationships lean so heavily on texting and FaceTimes and all of that, that no contact really does help because you're reliant so much on that regular daily communication to stay connected, which is a little bit different often. If it's somebody local who you are seeing in person more regularly, you probably aren't as reliant on texting and sharing pictures and all of that stuff to maintain a connection. So if you're long distance and breaking up, keeping that daily routine of that level of messaging, like no one's going to get over each other with that. Yeah. Well, an emotional connection is so strong there in a long distance relationship because that's the primary thing. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that can help you get over your ex? It's a great question. I mean, again, I think we've established, I just jump right back into dating. We have broken up. I am on dating apps the next day. I'm terrible. (laughs) It's just, but like, I really, I always firmly believe when I'm going through a breakup that there is somebody out there for me. And to find them in the, this day and age where we are, again, not meeting so many people out in the wild all the time, um, it you know you are more reliant on dating apps. And so you do have to put yourself out there, put in the work, do all of that. And so I just jump in and focus on that. And then usually by the time I meet someone through that process that I actually want to date in a meaningful way, that's a great person that I'm excited about, that we're into each other in the same amount I have processed my breakup by that point. And then I feel comfortable and excited to move forward with somebody else, you know, like, cause you kind of, you go through that grieving period while you're doing all kind of the BS matching and messaging and garbage stuff, which is 90% of dating app matches. And you find that one, we talk about where there's that spark and that connection and it feels good. That doesn't come around very often. So usually it takes a while for that to happen. So I can process my breakup, but not be a jerk to somebody, you know, that I want to date in a real way. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing you can do is meet someone you're excited about and you're still talking about your ex all the time. Yeah. 
like you need to like move through that. So I'm like, I feel like it's just such a dating or such a numbers game that it's also a dating game, um, but it's such <laughs> a numbers game that, you know, it takes a while to like get to, to someone that, you know, is fun and great to date. So I can do my work simultaneously. If you find yourself that you're going on dates with real great people and you aren't over your ex, and that's probably a good sign to figure out a different way to get over your ex. Yeah. What I will say, my advice is pretty harsh and it's really hard to do. I've struggled with it. Cut the cord a hundred percent, put them in the past, remove them from social media, allow yourself to feel your feelings, but don't get stuck there. It's okay to be sad, but if you're not moving forward, if you're not actually processing and moving through it, no matter how slowly you can move slowly, but you need to be moving then you may need to talk to a therapist or you may need to try Mm -hmm. something different. Don't get stuck because that's not going to serve you. It is over and you need to accept that. doesn't mean you're okay with it, but you need to accept that it is in fact over. That's the biggest thing. Accept it. Accept what happened. You don't have to like it or say it's okay, but you do need to accept it. And I think that's the biggest barrier to moving on for anyone. A lack of acceptance of what is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, acknowledging that they are not required to be in a relationship with you. And for whatever reason of whatever has transpired, it has ended. And you get to feel all of your feelings. But hoping that that person is going to change their mind or trying to orchestrate that person changing their mind or being so fixated on that relationship, that person, what they're doing, why aren't they with you? What's, you know, all I thought my life would look like this and now it looks like this and I'm so unhappy. Then you're just going to be on that hamster wheel. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would say the only other thing that we haven't really touched on is, you know, divorce is kind of, you know, the ultimate breakup. It's a pretty big breakup. And it's an interesting one where if you have kids, you're still tied to that ex on the regular. You're, you're, you're in contact, whether you want to be or not on a pretty regular basis, you're seeing them in person. You're doing a lot of things that most people aren't doing with their exes. And depending on how you feel about that, like if you do still have feelings, you have to figure out a different pathway for moving through that because you can't separate from yourself from them physically all the time because you are going to likely see them in person. And I feel like that's a much harder, you know, relationship to get. I mean, I think it's hard, like it's hard no matter what you look at it, but if you're not over them in a certain way, or you're not happy with how your life looks now compared to when you were married and you can't like, you're just going to be stuck in the biggest hamster wheel of not getting over things. Yeah. When I think divorce is hard, something I think about when I think about divorce is or I know what I've struggled with, like, wow, we used to be so in love that we wanted to get married and build a life together. And that is not at all how it is anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, that is, I think, a really tough pill to swallow, whether you initiated the divorce or it was mutual or they initiated that no matter what, that that's really hard to come to terms with. Yeah. You know, and you will very... go to a song, someone I used to know. <laughs> You will be very, like, you can get very trapped into what's going on in their life and what's happening, kind of keeping tabs. Because again, if you're, if you're sharing children or if you're sharing a dog or whatever, you might be co-parenting together. If you're doing that, you're in your, you're each other's lives. Like my ex and I are in each other's houses on, you know, pretty regular basis where like. It's, 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 that's very personal. That's very different where normally my exes wouldn't be like sitting in my living room. Like it's just, it's so different and you have to be able to compartmentalize that in a certain way and like understand what that means. But I also wonder if a lot of people after they get divorced, if they do end up sleeping together again, because it is so familiar and they are seeing each other a lot. Like, I wonder how often that happens. Well, I will say without naming names, there (laughs) are... One of my old dates is now my friend definitely did that. <laughs> Woo! I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I need more therapy. <laughs> well, some I people, think, I it's think like, it actually does happen. Not uncommon. 
if you come to your to the point of divorce, but maybe you really haven't worked through big things and then you get divorced and you both do your self-work and you do all of this and then you're seeing them for, you know, because you reasons that you need to, and maybe those feelings do come back if you both are in a better place, or maybe you're both toxic in a terrible place. And so it just makes sense to sleep together. Yeah. And like, I feel like there are a lot of scenarios where that could play out. I think there are people who do get married again or get back in relationships again after divorce, which is a whole other topic, but very interesting. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. I actually know someone that they, uh, they had three kids, they got a divorce and like, 20 years later, she got diagnosed with breast cancer and he actually like swooped in to take care of her. And now they're together. Oh, wow. It's kind of incredible. Hmm. I wonder if she'd come on. We should get her to come on here. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. I think. But I don't know. You hear that sometimes. I want to make it clear. That's not the norm. You know, like we hear those stories. I'm like, oh, that could be me. Probably not. Probably not. But it does happen, I think. I mean, that's my I've, whole thing with like Glennon Doyle and her family. And they're like this modern family that all loves each other. I'm like, that's great, but that's not most of us. And in yeah. no shade, I think she, their whole family's great. And I'm a, actually a huge Abby Wambach fan. Amazing. I would love to meet you. Uh, but that's just not, that's not real life. Most yeah. Of the time. Well, most people are not in that space. Um, I also saw a headline that I think is it Kate Hudson was did some interview where she was talking about co-parenting with three different oh yeah dads and I was like and she's like and it just works so great blah blah and I, again I didn't read the article because I'm like I don't really care that much but I also didn't realize that she had kids with three different men and I'm like that's yeah. a lot to manage that's a lot of logistics it's a lot of people it's a lot of feelings it's a lot of schedules like I'm assuming she has staff who manages all that so it does make it easier um I'm like that's a lot yeah. Ooh. Off topic. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's, it's very interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody. Good luck to you getting over your ex. Stop sleeping with them. Yes. Stop it. Do not sleep with them. Do not stalk their socials or have them stalk yours. Like pull the plug, separate, move on and move forward. There is something great out there. Yeah. Good luck to you. Thank you. Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple. Or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. 